talking about lead. Hey, hey. Fire up that stogie when the deal is done. Short fuse, black cat, everybody run. Welcome to Lit with Larry. I'm Larry. And I'm Jesse. Let's get lit. Cheers. Mm. And JB's here. And shout out to our sponsors, uh, Ernie's Spirits and Kevin. Uh, plus, we're doing this at Base 110, our home for uh, Lit with Larry podcast. So what do we got on our mind today? Well, Larry was kind enough to actually bring something to the table, literally to the table. We are, since we're doing another noon podcast, podcast. Um, Larry brought us some uh, Bloody Marys. Why don't you talk about what you brought us? Yes, Bloody Marys. I'm thinking, okay, it's too early for barrel-proof bourbon, though not that early, um, being 12 noon Eastern time. <laughs> they didn't stop you like three weeks ago when you missed the podcast because you drank too much. <laughs> yeah, well, shit happens. <laughs> um, so, um, so we got Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix. Uh, it's actually a top-rated, uh, cheap uh, Bloody Mary mix. It says the award-winning. I don't know what kind of award it won, but uh, it's pretty yummy. And then I bought uh, Smirnoff's uh, Red Number Twenty One, which um, oddly enough ranks high by bartender reviews all the time. Uh, I was going to get Tito's, but, you know, I figured Smirnoff is something I haven't had in probably 20 years. Really? Interesting. So. Tito's yeah. and Zing Zang, I think, is a pretty common combination for a Bloody Mary, though. Yes, it is. And I, of course, forgot to bring the celery or the or, shrimp. Or the slider. <laughs> the slider. <laughs> Beef jerky, olives. <laughs> well, All cheers. Things. Cheers. There we go. The, um. So, in, in uh, our favorite stock market review, uh, GameStop's going to issue some new shares, uh, what's referred to as a secondary offering. Um, apparently, they're going to uh, it, uh, sell a billion dollars worth of additional stock. Keep going. And what should be interesting is not so much that they're doing that, uh, but that what are they going to do with the proceeds? You know, uh, what companies are they going to buy? You know, are they going to pivot into something that's um, a lot more digital and less retail oriented? Um, that's what I mean. And that's <clears throat> so I'm just reading this article right now, but uh, it says it would sell up to three point five five million shares and use the proceeds to speed up the shift in its business model to e-commerce and an overhaul being led by top shareholder and board member Ryan Cohen. So, yeah, I think they're going to move from bricks and mortar to e-commerce. Is that Cohen guy a hedge fund guy? No, Cohen's, uh, he's the former CEO of Chewy. When he took that, he built an e-commerce site for dog treats and animal, uh, pet treats. And he's, he's worth a few billion dollars, I think, from selling that company. So, so he has experience to do it. Yes, I people are very bullish on Cohen, Ryan Cohen. Yes. Um, so, what does this mean, though, Larry? Describe this. Describe how that affects the average retail shareholder and the shorts or the hedge funds. Well, um, first thing is is what it does is it allows more players to get involved. So, uh, it creates more, as they would call it, froth 
in the marketplace, uh, letting a lot more players participate. Uh, the shorts are probably going to get a short-term positive benefit uh, from this because the stock uh, uh, has taken a dip already. So, you know, some of the shorts, depending on how long or short they were, uh, maybe uh, took some money off the table. But long-term, uh, especially with Cohen at the helm, I think what we're going to see is, is, is a company that's getting, like, uh, a new lease on life. And I think it's going to be very good for the retail investor. Um, I think that the Robinhood contingency, uh, the Reddit players, they'll all continue to but really. Do you, uh, do you move think them. that's good because the stock might actually reach the value of the stock, or why is that good for the retail investor? Because I think most—I don't know about the—I would say most retail investors got in because they know they knew that the stock is still over 100% shorted. So at some point, somebody there's going to be a squeeze that occurs. Yes, I'm, I'm sure there will be. But, you know, it depends. Again, I haven't studied how, how um, what the expirations are on, are on some of these shorts, you know, whether they're, you know, 30 days out or, you know, 180 days out. So, you know, if you can keep the momentum. Well, the shorts have already expired. The the big shorts expired a long time ago. They're paying they're paying interest at this point. Okay. So that that's I mean I'm sure, but they're continuing to short it to drive down the price. So, but they're trading synthetic shares. So these are make believe shares that they're right. trading, which is should be illegal. Right. And I think it is, and I think they're paying fines on those, which are minimal. Right. Okay. Well, there's going to be a bunch more shares that are not going to be synthetic. What about? Um, just basic economics. When a company releases, decides to sell, to sell more shares, right? It in effect is diluting. Right. That's the, the the current shareholders. Yeah, it would be. Ownership. It would be diluting the current ownership. Which I don't understand. But you said that wasn't the case like five minutes ago, Larry. Yeah. Well, now the vodka's talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So in other news here in Lexington, um, I just understood that um, Keeneland opened up last week. Um, I've kind of missed that one. Did you go, Producer JB? I haven't been. I've watched on TV. Um, Saturday, there were two stakes races. Um, so these are prep races for the Kentucky Derby. So uh, I think this weekend is probably the last opportunity you have if you have a horse to race and, and have time to qualify and then have time to appropriately um, uh, prepare for the Kentucky Derby because it's it's May 1st, mm-hmm. first day, the earliest day it can be. Um, so I think the weather was, was nice. We've had, there were two days last week, Friday and Saturday last week, then off for Easter and the traditional Monday and Tuesday. And I think I have an opportunity, I'm going the 24th, Thursday the 24th, I think. So, and Keeneland is at what twenty five percent capacity or something like that. I don't know. I mean, they they've redu- I don't know what the exact percentage is, but they uh, you know you you can't just show up and go like you could before. You have to pre buy a ticket, right? And even general admission, which I think is traditionally five or six dollars, is twenty five dollars. Hmm. But you get a ten dollar food and drink voucher. Oh, that's so, cool. Um, yeah, I, I recall it being four hundred tickets. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I don't, I don't know that they ever had a cap. 
I mean, I, it struck me that Keeneland was infinitely accommodating to as many people that ever showed up because, you know, I've been there where it's like standing room only, yeah. like everywhere. But um, well, and what about the Derby? What I don't I don't know anything about it. Is it fully open, partially open? Their general admission tickets all went on sale I think, this week. Um, I haven't looked at it. I know it's not going to be 100% capacity. I think there's some limitations, but. Let's see what the Google has to say. Mm, the Darby. Well, I don't have any plans of going to any of these things, so. <laughs> Just. Uh, You're not going to put any money down? I don't know. Maybe. I might bet on the Derby, but I just. Uh, I haven't made plans to go to Keeneland, and I just don't see that as, as working out. Got a lot. Of, so, like, this weekend I have two baseball games and two soccer games, and then next weekend I'm going turkey hunting, so that kind of eats up most of April for me. Tur- turkey season? Turkey season in Kentucky starts next week. You, the youth days are already over. It's already kind of started. Um, but I'm oh. going to Tennessee, and I don't know when the season is down there. We don't really – Shouldn't say this on the air, but we don't really care. <laughs> um, I think in previous episodes, Larry, you've had, sorry, going back to Keeneland real quick, you had compliments of the Nextdoor app. Yes. Which you and I live in the same neighborhood now, so we see each other's uh, comments. But uh, if someone who doesn't have tickets for Keeneland, that seems to be the clearinghouse of buying and selling of Keeneland tickets right now. If, Someone has the need to go. Interesting. Yeah. I bet. I bet Facebook Marketplace has a lot of this Maybe. too. You'd think. Yeah. Because yeah. Lansdowne is like the boomer version mm-hmm. <laughs> of Facebook, yep. which yep. is why Larry's on there. Yeah. Well. Well. Also, uh, Slack channels. I mean, the Base One Ten Slack channel had two uh, two general admission tickets for face value, or actually, I think they were dining room tickets because they were like fifty dollars. Yeah. Both Vicky and. Um, uh, Greg, Greg, who's sitting right out there, whose name escaped me for a minute, have both sold. But Greg, through his his email, his wife's email, and his two children's email, entered a lottery for every day and every type of ticket. So right, and, gotcha. scored, and scored those tickets for face what I've value. actually seen in the bourbon groups, people trading bourbon for tickets too. So it must be pretty hard to get. Sounds like, yeah, yeah. It's also. Um, it also requires planning, which is yes. which some of us are really bad at. Right. The native Lexingtonians are very good at planning, though, especially for the Keeneland dining room. Like the first, that opens a month before general admission tickets do, and like those people are on the ball buying tickets, you know, and it sells out the day. Did you buy any of those tickets? No. Hmm. You know what I like is breakfast at the track. I, people talk about it all the time. I've never done it. Breakfast at like back with the jockeys eat or breakfast up front? It, back where the jockeys eat. Yeah, there's I've, a, I've, eaten, small, there, I've the, eaten there four or five times. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really good. Cheap, home cooking. I mean, it's like, I don't think like grandma now, made. I don't think it's the track kitchen is open to the public right now, though. Like uh, COVID reasons. But Yeah. yeah. No idea. No idea. But COVID reasons, um, I signed up uh, yesterday for tickets tomorrow to go to the University of Kentucky Art Museum, which has now been opened. Uh, tickets are free, but it's limited to 30 people per hour. So, Is this uh, a new phenomenon? The, or has this been around for a long time? The Art Museum? For the University of Kentucky Art Museum. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, a, there. it's a big building at Rose and Euclid. It's in the Singletary Center. Oh, gotcha. Okay. 
so so is it students art or just like they yes. have they have like a what do you call that it's expose gallery it's legit. No, do they have like an expose of an artist or uh i don't know student I mean, art or what I, is it I, I think it's just a traditional curated you know art that a museum acquires from various collections interesting I, I didn't read in looking at the website i didn't read like they had say like a kentucky focus on it um but um should be interesting if they have any NFTs. Have you guys been following those? Um, yes, I hate NFTs, just like I hate this make-believe money <laughs> that people use to buy it. <laughs> Who wants to buy a digital moment in time? I don't understand. Yeah, sixty sixty-eight. It's like it's dollars. like it's like buying a star. It's the same concept. I mean, anybody can go look at the, Mars. anybody can go look at the stars for free at any moment. Just like anybody can pull up a reel on YouTube and see that same highlight. So why do you need to buy it? What does it stand for again? I don't even uh, know. Um, non-fungible. Um, non-fungible. What's the T stand for? Uh, non-fungible token. Token. Yeah. Is I, fungible really a word? Yes, it is. is. Does fungible mean the same as tangible? Uh, not the same, but it's sim- it's the right vein. Same church, different pew. Fungible definition. The, um, well, actually, this is a hot topic in my life because I wrote um, articles about them, and I call them unique digital goods. So uh, a reporter, a friend of a friend reporter, was doing an article for MIT... Uh, technology review back in 2010 and said, do you know anything about uh, Bitcoins and blockchains? And I said, yeah, I do, you know, um, because that's what I do for a living is understand technology. So I wrote a couple articles. Uh, well, first, he quoted me, uh, Paul, the, the author, uh, quoted me, and my quote involved these unique digital goods, which where I basically said that um, you know, computers are the ultimate copy machine. So, um, so if you have a picture, you have uh, an audio file, music, um, any of those things get copied. You know, so there's infinite numbers of copies, as we all know, you know, by simply going to Google and looking for a picture and downloading it. And then subsequently wrote a few things and worked with a couple companies and, and pitched it to Sotheby's. Uh, and now this is 2000. What is it, 2000 and... It's 2021 right now. Yeah. Was that what you were asking? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> the vodka talking. The, um, the, uh, I, I pitched Sotheby's back in, whatever, 2012, 2012, um, uh, under the concept of what's now called NFTs, but I call them unique digital goods. And... Uh, so I think it's really kind of interesting, but I had these conversations with people. One of my smartest, longest friends, uh, Rob, uh, who's a lawyer, like couldn't get it, like you were just saying. Just like, why would I pay uh, for this right when I have a copy of it? You know, so I have a copy of... When know, everybody in the world has a copy of it. Yeah, and there's infinite numbers of copies. Right. You know? What's the so, point? Yeah, exactly. Well, why is there? Why is that valuable? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's it's, it's a, like it's like these people in, with digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, and blockchain, blah blah blah. 
they're creating a World of Warcraft style market, which is to me is silly. So what? So like you're talking like Sotheby's the auction house, right? Correct. Okay. So you you were pitching that they could be the the pioneer retailer of these products, right. yeah. broker. Yeah. And just so what I happened? mean, just like Christie's, in fact, did oh, okay. do that. They they're the ones that auctioned off a bunch of NFTs, and one of them went for sixty eight million dollars. Right. Which is just stupid money, um, no matter how you look at it. But um, with Sotheby's, there was a, a couple other companies. Uh, so one of my best friends, John, was like senior marketing guy there at Sotheby's. So that was, and I was doing another project for Sotheby's, so I had access to, you know, all the leadership and people. And so, uh, so the idea was, yes, let's let's take um, items and create a digital copy of it. Mm-hmm. So you could own, you know, the uh, Picasso Starry Night um, physically. But then you could also own a limited edition digital copy, mm-hmm. you know. So that that was kind of the notion was that was a way to expand into a whole new marketplace. Or and you could copy and paste it from Google. No, <clears throat> and there lies <coughs> there lies the the rub here is proof of ownership of an original. Like you you go to an art gallery and there's one of ten. You know, so you know there's 10 signed copies of this image, okay? And so you buy that, you pay a premium for it. And so the idea was that the same thing could happen with a digital good, you know, which is now an NFT. So, anyways, so what do people do with this digital good, though? Do I display it on a TV in my house? Well, no, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, well, you know, you, the you, whole purpose of owning a piece of art other than the collectible and the investment aspect, which I understand the investment aspect. If you right. get enough people that are dumb enough to buy these things from you, by all means, do it. But like as the whole point of art, you're going to an art museum to go look at art, right? No, I mean, there's... there's no, but the whole point of like, like having a piece of art is that you can walk through your hallway and stuff and be like, man, that's a nice piece of art. This was made a long time ago. It's tangible. It's awesome. And it makes you feel good when you walk by. So what do I do with this digital bullcrap well, like, piece of art? I put it on like, TV. No, but it's like you own the copyright of it now. And if anyone wants to make a poster of it or use it on the internet, then you, in essence, have the ability to charge them to use it. Yeah, well, good luck regulating that. Well, no, it's, actually, it's pretty easy to do that. So um, if I click right here on this computer, copy and paste of a Vincent Van Gogh painting that you run, own the rights to as an NFT, you think you're really going to come find me in Lexington, Kentucky? Because I, I'm a high school kid, a high school student who wanted to use this in a PowerPoint about Vincent Van Gogh. Well, if you republish that PowerPoint, then there's yeah, there's, make a YouTube video of it because that's what my teacher required me to do. Yeah, well, no, like that's you know. stupid. You know, it, it's it, it's like it's like one of the things are like collectibles. You know, like why do people collect baseball cards? You know, or any it's other. It's collectible, kind of cards. sure. You know, because, because you're not looking at them, you're not posting you them are. on the walls. You look at your baseball card collection and it makes you feel good. Right. And so now you look at your stock certificate that's an NFT oh God, and you feel so, good. Yeah, that's stupid. You know, it's just, it's just like a... Uh, it's a know. make-believe. It's I mean, a make-believe. Have you ever seen a stock? 
I mean, you know, you I, I know you own a whole bunch, but have you ever actually seen one? No, but and I have no desire to be them because I'm buying it as an investment. Uh-huh. You know, I buy into a company that I think is going to do well, and it's going to turn around and make me money, and I'm going to sell it. Uh, that right. piece of it I understand. Right, and an NFT is the same thing. It's a, it's a certificate of ownership. It proves that of you what? own a digital copy, but... But with the stock, there's there's an, an amount of stocks that you can buy, right? I buy them, hold them, trade them, you know, I sell them. With this digital copy, I now own the theoretical you, digital rights to this you thing. You keep saying copy. This could that you're thinking in the future, the, but thinking the the digital the past, original, whatever you want to say, the digital the original. Future, a new artist that doesn't have a traditional canvas painting, but it's a digital work of art, or going back and buying the digital copy of past. Works. But a digital copy of a Vincent Van Gogh painting is just a picture of a Vincent Van Gogh painting. What's but, the point? But you're, but you're also, a lot of these are videos of athletes doing... Right, which is also a, really a, stupid. A, a big move. <laughs> which you can get for free anywhere. You can now, but that doesn't mean in the future you're So in the future, to. somebody could, maybe this is the point. They're going to set up a website where I can go late at night one night after seven of these drinks... And say, God, I really want to see LeBron James making that game-winning shot. Let me pay five dollars to do that. No, it's not like that. It's like it's the same way artists make money off their music. When you listen to someone's song on Spotify, they're making a few cents sure. by you listening to it. So from now, the artist, whoever owns LeBron James' thing, and they think the athletes are going to try to own their whole library, they're going to make money off a few cents off you watching that video, and they should. Yeah, someone, but so who pays for it? The advertising companies. Because you're going to put ads in front of it every, and behind every it. Every video you watch on Google now, someone's getting, someone's paying for it, and someone's getting paid for it. So yes, it's not like you're yeah, but I could, like we're going to have to pay a subscription. It's going to be tiny, tiny. Oh, tiny I understand. Of cents. I understand that. I just, I stand by the statement that I think it's really stupid because I could at any point download that or copy it, and now I'm the owner of that, and I oh. can show it to all my friends at any point. Hey, come over to my house. Hey, this sucker Larry paid $40 million for this same video. You guys want to watch it for free in my basement? Cool. Yeah, but you don't own it. Who cares? I can enjoy it the same way you do. Yeah, but as an investor, you should like the fact that people are going to look at this stuff and you're going to make money off doing nothing. But you're not not making money off me because I download it. It's mine now. It's not yours. But it is mine because I have it in my house. It's not yours, though. But you're watching. It is because I can invite my friends over to wa- and watch it together. Yeah, but by you doing so that, you're, ma- you're paying the person. No, because now it's on that. my hard drive. Yeah. You're not understanding. Yeah, you're not understanding how stupid of a concept this is. Larry owns this video that he's an idiot. He paid for it. Guess what? I already have that video. It's on my hard drive. You guys want to come over and watch it for free? And now Larry's at sitting at his house saying, man, I paid $48 million for this thing. I better push. Oh, I better push play again. Okay, I watched it again, and guess what? Jesse and his buddies are doing the same goddamn thing for free. True or false? <laughs> it's false. It's absolutely true. No, it's not. How is that not true? Because you're using it, you're not owning it. I don't care about owning it. Well, I know you don't care. I, but because I can use it the same way you do, and you're supposedly yeah, the owner. the fact that you are using it, he's getting paid by you using no, it. No, because it's already, I, maybe the first time I did it, but now I have it. You're thinking in today's technology, in the future technology, it's going to track how many times you watch it, and he's going to get paid for it. There's no way that if I download it to a local hard drive and a local server that anybody could track that. That's the whole point of having it all local. The YouTube video right now, you can't just download and watch it. You can copy it. How? You can copy it to a a CD or a a flash drive. 
Okay. All or right. I could make a video, a screenshot of it. I could make a video recording of it. But, but Big Brother knows you do that, and the yeah, the trust first me, the, they're going to track you the down. The first time that I do it, there'll be a way to track it. No, oh, yeah. See that, and that's that's very intrusive, and I don't like that either. <laughs> But I think the whole concept is stupid. And, of course, people are going to make tons of money out of it. People are going to invest in it. I'm sure that's fine. But it's the same thing as Bitcoin. It's a make-believe currency for a make-believe world just like this. <laughs> and anything that gets closer to World War of Warcraft, in my opinion, is, is bad for the whole world. This actual world that we live in, not the make-believe world that they're creating. That's my humble opinion. But if you want to live in uh, World of Warcraft, Larry, you should do it. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, then we could be recording the, this as avatars and looking at your fake video, your videos that you own, and yep. paying with our fake coins, yep. just like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Who's Sonic the Hedgehog? And it's a video game from the '90s. <laughs> Anyways. Yep. All right. Well, how about those Mets? <laughs> won the, they won their home opener. The Reds did too. With that, I think we're out of time. Oh, <laughs> you can end so it on who, this note. So I mean, you're the one. That I don't got know it. who wants to who wants to buy this episode. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we'll sell it to you for sure. It's up for it's up for bid. Starting at ten dollars, you get the certificate of ownership. Yeah, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell a digital picture of you, and then you won't even own your own face anymore. How about that? Well, that'd be actually pretty so. Every good. time you go in public and talk to someone, I'm going to make money off of it. Yep. That's yeah, a good idea. That's exactly how this is like that's exactly how this is gonna go. All right, well have a great week. And with that, <laughs> because we yep. mentioned because we mentioned Zing Zang on this podcast. Yes, cheers. Somebody makes money off of that, right? <laughs> cheers. So what you want? I want bourbon.